The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op, in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. Everybody. Welcome back to the Virtuosos Podcast. I'm your host, Jules Houston. Demar Crennan, Strip Club University. <laughs> <laughs> and Damian Jolly. All right, guys. Uh, sorry about that intro. A uh, little, little bit uh, behind on time, but to start off, you know, we are a mainly movie TV show podcast. You know, that's really what we center around. And this is huge news for us because the writer's strike is somewhat kind of sort of over. Now, what that means is it was a tentative agreement. Uh, Damien's going to give us some more details about yeah. that. So the studio and writers have reached a deal, as Jules said, it's a tentative agreement. Um, the strike was going on for 146 days before they finally decided to end the thing. Um, they went on negotiations for five straight days, and they were finally the Writers Guild was finally able to secure concessions. Um, basically just saying that our AI can't encroach on writers' credits and compensation which is a big thing. I know AI has been a huge part of people writing and ideas the last couple of years, as well as uh, streaming ser- streaming content. You know, actors and writers were getting basically no residuals for streaming content whatsoever. I just watched, I read an article the other day about how Suits is like the most watched show in the world now on Netflix. Suits, yeah. And nobody's getting credit for that because there's no residuals for the actors or the writers. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's cool to see they finally reached this. I'm hoping this means that it is going to be the end of the writer's strike because now we can really move forward with all the content going on because uh, a lot of stuff got delayed. Yeah. We were, we were supposed to get a lot of stuff at the end of this year. Now it's all going to move into the end of next year, basically, but it's exciting to see. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Suits, I'm actually currently watching it right now. Um. It's a solid show. It's not that great. I can tell it's going to probably start picking up because I'm only in season five out of nine seasons. Um. I got a couple of things spoiled for me. Like, I know it's a spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Um. I know for sure that one of the actors is not in season eight. He's like a huge, like huge for the show, but he's not in season eight at all. Yeah. So uh, clearly, something's gonna happen with him. But so far, uh, it just seems like we do have to hash on old shows and stuff like that. And it does suck because there is some new shows that I was, or movies even, that I was excited about. But the deal for them is definitely something that they said that they worked hard for. They wanted this deal. They got the deal they wanted. Now we gotta focus on the actors actually getting their. Side. And it seems like it'll actually, you know, if they vote. So I guess apparently, what happens next is that. The Writers Guild set to vote on it this Tuesday. I think it just happened then, so it would have been two days ago Mm because this article, or maybe that's upcoming Tuesday, that says that they have to approve it, and then after that, the 11,000 or so writers have to vote to ratify the deal. And if it is done, they can return to work pretty much as soon as possible. Um, I know HBO CEO is like the first one to come out and talk about it. Uh, They already want to start resuming writing on their big shows. White Lotus Season 3, The Last of Us Season 2, and I want to say Euphoria Season 3, so... HBO seems like they believe this is going to be approved as a contract and on the deal, and we'll just see what happens. Hopefully, that's the case. Um, so, writer strike's sake, um, for the things that was canceled, it definitely it didn't hurt us completely because it was like what, a month and a half. I want to yeah, say, say it, well, it's for it, us mainly for like the stuff that was getting canceled, like nothing was really pushed back too far that we were like looking forward to to like actually get out. Yeah. But um, now the end of the year is kind of like set in stone. Nothing's really going to be moved. Nothing's going to get moved up. Everything just got moved back. So yeah. as of right now, um, you know, the creator comes out today. Yeah. So that's a movie that we were looking forward to. Thankfully, that did not get pushed back. Um, that's a while, another while. I feel like, what, Five Nights of Freddy? I think, uh, I think the, the next, next one's one. uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's oh, October. Killers of the Flower Moon. Before that's October 20th. 
Five Nights at Freddy's the 28th. Uh, Napoleon's on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another movie I wanted to see was... Uh, I do want to see the new Exorcist movie. I, I know you know we're not really big scary, uh, scary movie people here, but I am. And that comes out October 6th. Um, I'll probably be going to see that as yeah, well. You, so. you got that, bro. I yeah, know you I got that. 100%. Yeah, so there's definitely some uh, some good movies coming out to end the year. Um, the Creator's probably the one I'm looking forward to right now, though. That's like, That comes out tonight. It's got all good reviews. It's a big sci-fi movie. We don't get a lot of sci-fi movies anymore. Mm-hmm. So the it'll problem be a- is that they have to still, they don't have the actors to do promotions. Yeah, well, yeah, that's... That's why the- Dune got pushed back, which really sucked, because I was looking forward to Dune too. Yeah. And I think that was going to be the biggest movie of the year. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be great. Yeah. It was supposed to get six weeks in IMAX. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, got, it, got, it was going to extend it. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So, but so now we got to get the actors. You know, what what she'll get back almost right away is yes. Yeah, like, if, if they're if they're reaching with the writers guild, yeah, you know, in your daytime stuff back right away because that's mainly writing. They don't have to pay the actors, but even those shows are going to struggle because they can't bring the the actors won't go on because the actors are on strike. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a hard time just they're going to. Because the actors won't do it, like they won't. Yeah, Because yeah. it's, it's basically crossing the picket line for the actors. Well, I saw like I know they said like a big thing like House of the Dragon season two finished filming, and that's supposed to come out next summer because that's in London, so it has nothing to do with what they're doing here. So basically, you know, like HBO basically gets away with one of its biggest shows getting ready to come out no matter what. Yeah. Well, you know, while we're waiting on a lot of other stuff going on, so it's pretty interesting as well. Um, to backpack off that, uh, that's not even the biggest news of the week. As much as we were anticipating that. Somebody overtook DeMond Crittenden as the biggest star in the NFL. Unfortunately, Taylor Swift is involved with the NFL now. And <laughs> as big as that is, how do you feel about Taylor Swift being, like, I guess, getting all these eyes, all these jersey sales? Like, just, it's crazy how much business, I guess, she's brought into the NFL. Well, I'll be honest, right? You got to look at it from a business side. You mm. know what I mean? Had this been last week, Colorado ain't had no losses yet. You know, how yeah. much how much publicity was she, you know, really had exactly. got? Exactly. And then if the NBA season was going on, you, know, you got LeBron. So, you know, it's tough. So, right now, they got they, they in a dead spot. Taylor Swift is, is, is going to keep Bleacher Report and ESPN. They're going to keep them flowing until Colorado win again or LeBron come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the way I look at it is, like you said, it's a, it's a business thing. And when you have somebody like Taylor Swift coming in, dating, or I guess supposedly dating, one of the biggest stars – of a championship yeah, team with yeah. Travis Kelsey, one of the biggest podcast stars as Travis Kelsey. He promoted this on his podcast, Pat McAfee, and post-game interviews everywhere. He talked yeah. about this woman, and now that their thing is crazy how much, like, it actually is becoming to fruition. Like, now she's actually at the Chiefs game. She's actually Not even just at the Chiefs game. She's in his press box with his bomb. With his yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, they already I mean, that's, that's, uh, that, To me, that's more important than anything. I can see if she was just, like, in a press box, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. being in there with her family and – you know, I mean, obviously, it's kind of weird that it, uh, tra- that Taylor Swift herself overtakes the sport. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, it's like Taylor mm-hmm. Swift is like, and, you know, and, and, like and then it's like Patrick like, Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes like, touchdown all the way down. I mean, here, the, like, the Chiefs really blew out the Bears, and nobody talked nobody about that. All they yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. was that the fact that they that Taylor Swift was at the game, and then she left with Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is definitely big for business. Kelsey has roughly three hundred thousand new Instagram followers. A 400% increase in merchandise sales, and is now one of the NFL's top-selling jerseys after this Taylor Swift news came out. So, I mean, she's definitely, I mean, he was already a very popular player, obviously one of the best tight ends in the league, but this has done nothing but just yeah, he's grow the most, exponentially. Yeah, he's probably the most popular NFL player right now. And maybe yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, it, it never hurts to have more people that watch football, you mm-hmm. know I mean? If, I mean, obviously, if you're only watching football because your favorite artist dates a football player, that means it's a little yeah. weird, but, yeah. hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. 
and, and it's crazy because, like, they're the Chiefs. Like, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. rather from his brother, his girlfriend, right. the Chiefs. They in the Super Bowl every year, and now you got Taylor Swift. I mean, like, me being a Patriots fan, Gronk ain't never date nobody that cool. Like, and, it was Gronk's girlfriend. And it's funny <laughs> bringing up Gronk on, because, bro. like, even Belichick said something about it. Belichick even was Belichick, on the podcast. Belichick, Belichick he said, after a loss, I'm pretty mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. It was after the Dolphins loss, right? Like, no. it was last week he said mm. that that would be one of the biggest catches of his career. Yeah, it says, yeah, well, I would say it. that Travis Kelsey has had a lot of big catches in his career, but that would be that the would biggest. Be the, like, what? Biggest. <laughs> so, so Why even, are you getting asked that? <laughs> so, so, even Bill Belichick's talking Ooh. about it, and they clearly made it an effort to get Travis Kelsey the ball with her at the, in the game. Oh, they did. He had seven they catches, did. 70 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They asked Patrick Mahomes about it after the game. You know, did you feel pressure to get t- Kelsey a touchdown? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the biggest thing in the NFL right now. Can which you imagine how much crap he's getting in the locker room? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Like, look no, how look how you being weird. I mean, and it's a no, like I saw the one the one meme I thought was really funny was like a picture of like Kelsey's mom. Mm-hmm. And it's like Kelsey's mom just won the trifecta of like white parents, like white moms because <laughs> yeah. it's like two sons in the NFL and one of them's dating Taylor Swift. No, <laughs> like, seriously, the trifecta like, she's set for of white life. moms in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely, really it, is hilarious. it good for the game? It's it's mm. good for it's good for entertainment. It's not. I don't think it matters for the game, only because um, with stuff like that, when you get um, like all, I guess distractions more or less, like this is always going to come up. And if the Chiefs ever start struggling, they're going to point to this. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs ever start having a moment where Travis Kelsey goes down another injury, it's going to come down to this. He has a podcast he's making money off of. He does not need to play football, another down of football ever again. He yeah. just wants to. He doesn't need to. So mm-hmm. if this causes Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. to steer away from his focus from the game. And steer away to his personal life with the podcast, being with his brother. Because his brother's almost retired. Yeah, his brother was this close to retiring, and the Eagles brought him back. So the fact that he, like his brother be out the NFL, you know, if they lose another Super Bowl, I mean, they just come off win another one. He is considered one of the greatest tight ends ever. Personally, like, it's probably not good for you to be week three. Hey, Taylor Swift, waving, waving in, the, uh, in the box. There's a game still going on behind you. You still need to watch and you yeah. take in the game. As good as you are, you can always be better, you know? No, so, for sure. I don't I, think it's that good for them. Yeah, I don't think it's that good either. And I'm not putting that much stock into how he's moving because, I mean, they literally turned the game off at halftime. Like, it was yeah. the Bears. Like, <laughs> it, I, I it you know what I mean? It was the Bears. Now, you know, a game like against the Bills, you know, Bills fans, Super Bowl every year that's against what I'm the saying. Chiefs. Like they got like, big games coming. They up. got big games coming up. Like you know, then that's when the focus needs to shift towards you know, the football aspect. Mm-hmm. But you know, right now it's, it's week three. They just came off a game against the Bears. You know, I ain't gonna put that much stock into it. But yeah, I'm definitely not knocking anybody about the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I say at the end of the day, like I say, if they were playing the Bills, if they were playing you know a powerhouse team, and he was doing that, mm-hmm. and the game's close. Like I said, I, I I was working during that game and it got shut off at halftime. I mean, yeah. or not even, or right right before halftime, they completely cut it off. I had to watch Arizona play Dallas on every TV. Yeah. So I mean, very bad four o'clock slot. Yeah. So I mean, it's just whatever. I, mean, I don't think it's bad for the game. I don't think it's good for the game. It's just one of those things. When you're a big celebrity and you date another, you know, you date the biggest celebrity. It's just how it is. You know, cause it's the same thing in basketball. Yeah. That's true. You know, you know these NBA players date the you know the Kardashians or they date these big Hollywood actresses and they're courtside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I had a breakup with. All right, next next topic. <laughs> um, as much as as much as Taylor Swift did overshadow the NFL, before we got to all the wave in and all the fun, the Dolphins were dropping touchdown after touchdown, and I was on break and I remember looking at the score and I'm pretty sure it was like 49 to 13, and I'm like, man, this is this game is over, and then I turned, I just checked on the computer at work, I'm like, 70 points. Is insane, and then you think no field goals attempted. 
Um, literally, I'm talking big play after big play. Like every play was huge. I'm talking like five, ten yards of separation between uh, the Dolphins touchdown score and the next Broncos player. Um, so with that being said, Damian, you know this is your team. Three and zero start. 70 points. Like, how crazy was that watching that live? Yeah, so uh, once again, I was at work and I was watching this live as it happened. And I, I kind of – I didn't expect 70. Nobody can expect their team to drop 70 in the NFL. <laughs> um, but I knew this game was going to be a block from the first play. We ran the first the ball the first play of the game six yards. Second play of the game, 56-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. It was very clear what was going to happen with the Broncos as soon as this game started. Um, they wanted Pat Sertan manned up with Tyreek Hill to start the game. And Tyreek Hill had five catches for 99 yards and a touchdown in man coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that to any team. Pat Sertan is a top corner, and I respect that. That's just a dumb game plan, yeah. no matter who you are. Uh, Tua started the game 16 for 16, through no incompletions until the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the run game was the big factor. Uh, Tua, as good of a game as he did have, the run game was unbelievable. Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert had four touchdowns, I want to say, each. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, then like, Devon Achan had over 220 yards. or two, It says on here 203, but I could have swore they both scored four touchdowns. So I don't know why it's. I know Achan for sure scored four touchdowns. Yeah, I think Mostert did too. I'm pretty sure they tied it. And it was, yeah. yeah, that's 28 28. Yeah, they definitely. No. Oh, Devon Achan did that for you. Two rushing, two receiving. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's not showing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, and that was a breakout game for him. You know, I mean, that was basically his debut. He played against the Patriots. He had like one carry. But you know he got the he got the work for his role in that one. He had 18 carries and showed what he could do. Yeah, I mean his burst is unbelievable. I, uh, this is an unbelievably fast football team. Yeah, this is, that's actually it's like a Madden S team. Like you building that team with like a bunch of 70, 75 overall players that have 97 speed. You know, and you could just hit them home run plays every time. But unfortunately for us, they're actually good football players that yeah. understand their role and they understand the fact that they're. There, even if Devon A. Chain doesn't repeat this performance ever again in his career, this is one of the biggest games ever by a rookie. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that could take that away from him. Mm-hmm. He had um, the best debut probably I've ever seen no, <laughs> in general. So uh, hats off to Devon A. Chain, who was considered very small, um, had to go to the right system, had to go to the right, um, I guess, uh, uh, scheme or whatever yeah. because he is a smaller running back. He's not going to be able to workhorse and have 20 carries. Uh, guess what? He had 18 carries. Yeah, yeah. He had over 25 touches. Like yeah. He is going to be a player that is going to last a while in the NFL, at least because the fact that he is in a situation where he does not need to actually do this every game. Yeah, and it, it's just like, um, you know, like I said it was just a, a complete domination all around. Like I said, our offensive line has looked insane. We got to run Armstead back and it looked 10 times better with Armstead than it already did. Um... And it's just a testament to, like I said, Mike McDaniel. I mean, a lot of people said last year, you know, his system got figured out towards the end of the year last year. And everybody was like, well, is he can he adjust? And you look at us now where last year we were not a very good running team. We didn't run the ball a lot, and it was just something that we struggled with. And now you see this year we're playing as much complimentary football as you could possibly get. <laughs> Ran the ball well the, the last two weeks. Uh, Tua is playing out of his mind. And it, it's just still crazy to me that people still want to discredit this team regardless. I get it's a Broncos team or whatever. I don't see anybody scoring 70 out anywhere else. Yeah, not, not any time this season. I feel yeah, like at so, least. you know, regardless I mean, of what you want to say, you know, I mean, I know, like, I mean, this week is obviously a bigger week. We play the Bills. That's the big challenge. So that's what everybody's looking forward to. The Bills just decimated the Commanders. Yeah. Um, especially on their defense, you know. So it's basically you're, you're doing top offense versus top defense. Mm-hmm. And But I, I think as cool as 70 was, beating the Bills is more important. Yeah. You know, uh, you're, you're, this is a team that is usually a top two seed in the AFC, top three. Yeah. So, you know, to, to show that we're the real deal and we're not the same Dolphins team that falls apart after a hot start. You know, last year we started 3-0. and Yeah. And fell apart. So yeah. uh, that'll be big for us. Mm-hmm.
So, Demond, you got to play uh, this 70-point scoring team one more time this season, but you guys did get your first win. How's it feel to know that y'all stopped this team very, very, very good compared to the, the other two games that they played? I mean, only a few teams that can hold Tyreek Hill under 50 yards, contain, I guess, Tua from throwing these crazy across the middle and um, outside the number of throws that he has been making all year, even last year. But for you, how does that make you feel to know that y'all actually can stop this team? This is why I brought the shades, all right? This is why I brought the shades. Because it's, it's, it's very rare we're going to have these segments, man. We, we talking about the Patriots, won a game. So wait, that's what I'm gonna say, man. Belichick, coach teams, we gonna try, we gonna stop your best player. You gonna have to beat us another way. Raheem Mostert had like 150 against us. Yeah, 120. 120. He, he had a crazy game. He had basically the dagger running into the, the game. Mm-hmm. So we contained Tyreek Hill. I think Jalen Waddle played. I think yeah, he had like get, 90 yards. Yeah, like 90 yards. Yeah. So I mean, you're not gonna be able to stop both guys, and they didn't even have Jalen Waddle this week or this past week against the Dolphins. So. You know, plus we have the the players, the scheme of things. Patrick Sertan's a great player, but like, come on, he can't do everything. Yeah, like, you're asking to do no help. Like, him versus Tyreek Hill, like, yeah. come on, now that's not gonna work. So, you know, we um, defense has been playing great all year. We already knew the defense is gonna be playing good. Jets and Patriots, I, I commend you if you can watch a full game of them because <laughs> last the, year, so heavy. <laughs> last year we went off a punt return. I think it was three to three before that punt return. Yeah. This year, uh, I think it was one offensive, two offensive touchdowns. Our leading receiver was our third tight end. Like you talking about getting seventy points? I, I'd be glad we get a seventy yard receiver at this rate. <laughs> like that, that, that's what we on. You got Pharaoh Brown, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> like you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's just. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, we happy we stopped Tyreek Hill because I mean, we still lost it in the day. We still got to play the Bills. We still got to play them again. We still got to play the Cowboys this coming week. So, you know, I know our defense is great. Arizona, so, you know, like, yeah, anything can happen. Bro. <laughs> but then again, it's like we almost beat the Eagles. We almost beat the Dolphins. So, it's yeah. like, then, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, I don't want to sit here and give more victories out, but we, we just got to keep going defensively. Our offense is what the issue is, mm-hmm. but we're it's not going to be able to win a shootout against the Dolphins. Yeah. That's understandable. Um, to move off, it was a crazy uh, sports week in general because just to get off of the fact that Taylor Swift got 70 points, you had a, I guess, solid few minutes of Monday Night Football. It's been a very, very bad Monday Night Football run to start the year uh, for the most part. Um, but la- literally yesterday, Damian Lillard, big, yeah. big, one, one of the biggest trades, I would say, a lot of moving pieces, um, in the last five years, we haven't seen a deal like this. I think the last deal that actually like shocked the NBA that was like this was the Paul George deal to uh, LA because it literally changed the landscape of uh, two different teams. And Damian Lillard was a was a literal piece of that. Like he literally ended the Thunder's run. Mm-hmm. He he ended Russell Westbrook's uh, nine year Thunder career. Uh, Paul George short stint MVP, MVP. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but to look at Damian Lillard. Five years later, maybe or four years later, he is on the move, going to the Milwaukee Bucks. How do we feel about that deal? Like, I mean, I for for me, realistically, I don't think I don't I don't think anybody can beat them in the East. I'll be hundred percent honest. Crazy. I don't think anybody can beat them. I in just East. don't think they. To me, they didn't give up enough to get Damian Lillard back. That is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, I think Portland did this out of spite. Yeah, Portland could have got a better deal anywhere else. Um. I, I'm bringing up the, the stuff right here. The Bucks only got Lillard back, and they, they gave up Drew Holiday, who was going to get moved. Mm-hmm. They already got young guards in, in Portland. You got one first-round pick and two first-round pick swaps. Yeah. And that's all you got. 
but they lacked and leverage. And he gave up Grayson badly. Allen, I guess. They, mm-hmm. la- they lacked yeah, leverage. They he wanted leverage. to leave. He, he, he gave him a deadline. And when you give somebody a deadline like that, like you could tell how serious somebody is. Like no, yeah. hard, hard situation, they feel like it's patchable. They're not going to move him. Damian Lillard, that man was not going to show up to training camp. And he said he was not going anywhere besides Miami. Obviously, that's always like I feel like every time some, a, team, a player says he want to go to a certain place, he gets traded to a whole better whole situation. Different. I feel like it happens every single time. Yeah. So the fact that this deal is so, so is crazy. I mean, Lillard is on the move, yes, but it's a lot. Drew Holiday's on the move. DeAndre Ayton's on the move. Yusuf Nurkic's on the move. Mm-hmm. Um, Grayson Allen's on the move. These are all, well, these were all, I should say, huge pieces of their their current, their, I should say, former teams because DeAndre Ayton, he had the, the Valley Oop. Grayson Allen hit huge shots for the Bucks when they were in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic had 20-20 games when uh, Lillard was out. So there's plenty of people that, in this trade, that were actually good pieces and they're yeah. all getting moved around so it literally changes the whole landscape in the NBA mm-hmm. so for you Demond, as you know reigning 37 win team back to back years uh, Pelicans what's the odds that you feel like now that the West I guess is not weaker in the terms of like alright you've got a team that was competing probably for a 9 or 10 seed this year out of that race you get the Pelicans bumping up you know a lot of teams coming down because they lost key pieces what does that mean for the Pelicans with Damian Lillard on the way out? Well, I can't put much, too much stock into it because, like I said, I think I said this yesterday when we was in the party. I'm like, yo, James Harden is still need to be moved. You got, I think, in my opinion, and B is going to request out. They're not going to mm-hmm. trade him to the Eastern Conference team. So the West could completely shake back up in another year or so. Yeah, I think you it got, is. Uh, I mean, every year, you know, you look at the past five years, like Kawhi got moved, AD got moved. These teams, these these players force out to these certain destinations and they end up not going there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as long as we stay healthy, they got to see us. I think the Suns is the ones that really, I want to say benefited the most out of that trade, but, you know, we always, we, we question, you know, how is <coughs> their going to look? You know, they got Eric Gordon, Bobo, and, like, I forgot the other bench player. But, like, you know, now they got Nazir Little, Grayson Allen. Like, they got some pieces now on their bench. Like, now they're becoming a competent team. So... I think they definitely got a better haul for that trade mm-hmm. as opposed to Portland. I think Portland, you know, you had Scoot Henderson. You know, you can't please Damian Lillard. Like, Scoot Henderson is on the board, third pick. You have to take him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, you had to take Scoot. So going to make Dame mad. You had to go ahead and just trade Dame. Um, but, yeah, I think the Pelicans definitely, they got to see us, bro. They got to see us, you know. Zion doing 360 dunks on them. They got to stop us. So, you know, <laughs> when we healthy, they got to see us. That's, that's all I'm going to say. You know? And Portland, I think, Drew Holiday probably gets moved to the East. I'm not worried about Portland. I'm not worried about Drew Holiday's the Thunder, man. <laughs> yeah. I ain't, I ain't worried about the Thunder either. So, you got to see us. <laughs> they got to see us. They got to see us. Um, Healthy, at least. So, Damian, same for you. You know, you guys were a playing team. You know, you guys made some noise. I'm almost made the playoffs. Um, Actually had a really, really solid team. I would say you guys are a piece away. What's the odds you think that you guys trade for Drew Holiday? I, I would like it. Even I, He's just going to be a depth piece, obviously. He's going to come off the bench. But you can't beat a guy. I mean, he's a top defender, mm-hmm. regardless, no matter what. He's a good playmaker, and it would just help. I mean, I know we drafted a point guard in the draft this year out of Kentucky. Uh, I forget the name. I, I did like him, too. We get Chet back, which he's going to be healthy, which I'm we doing didn't the, I'm doing the hee-hee to that motherfucker. <laughs> hey, you're done. You're out of here. I'm, if I can get Drew Holiday on that that Thunder team to, cl- to close to close the game, you got uh, SGA, 
Drew Holiday, Josh Giddy, uh, Jalen Williams, and then Chet. Chet, yeah. Well, that's just the thing. Like I, I said, mean, you can't I'm beat that. Every day, and that's yeah. really where I feel. I feel like if we're a team that we want to, we're such a young team. But if we want to compete, we go go out and get a vet like Drew Holiday who was mm-hmm. available. Portland's already said they want to move him. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to make a move for that. We have the value. We have the compensation to do it. So like I mean, we're, we have we still have some of the most draft picks in the entire league. Yeah, you could easily make that deal work, and I think it would just help to get something like that. And I want to see what we look like once we're fully on this. Jalen Williams was a big surprise. I didn't think, think anybody expected him to be as good as he was last year yeah. as a rookie. Yeah, he was. You know, he great. clearly showed how important he was to the Thunder. Like I said, you you go out there, you run an SGA, Giddy, Dort, and then Jalen Williams and Chat. I mean, that's a great starting five right there. Mm-hmm. It's a young starting five. Very young. I was going to say, David Griffin, we got picks too. You know, you <laughs> say, yeah, we got picks too. Pretend you got him at least. Pretend you at least. Yeah, at least, least pretend. At least, show, at least show your hand at least once. Like, all right. All right. We could at least make something. I, I get it. You got to factor a lot on Zion health, but like healthy or not, like, you know, Drew Holiday's available. Go ahead. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that uh, trade for Drew Holiday would really help us, and maybe we avoid the play, and maybe we can just you know scratch it out as like a seventh seed, eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, to move to our next segment, uh, first time we're ever doing this, uh, we're gonna do wavelength. Now, wavelength is a game that you play. Demond's gonna be the person that's on a recipient of this, so he is going to have a number in his head. He's not gonna tell us. Uh, we're gonna ask him four questions: two from me, two from Damien. Um, if you guys are interested in stuff like this, let us know in the comments for uh, TikTok. You know, it's gonna be a YouTube short, even uh, Instagram, etc., stuff like that. This is something that we're trying to incorporate into the script because we want you guys to be involved. We want you guys to get involved and see how Demond, me, or even Damien. Think about the shows, items, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever we ask him, that is going to be a factor into this game. You just have to, I guess, know your people. You know, you got to know your co-hosts, I guess. Um, to start off, uh, Daman, do you have your number? I have my number. All right. It's one through um, ten, right? One through ten. Okay. So, Damien, you can start off first. <sighs> Favorite Star Wars character? No, 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 no. It can't just be fake. No, no, it yeah, has to be we, that I, number. We, we it has to be that. that it has to be yeah. that. Just Star Wars character. Yeah, not favorite. Number, I, yeah, yeah. We, we did say that before. Mm-hmm. No favorite. Just give me a Star Wars character, anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Grogu. Mm-hmm. Go, oh my god. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Give me a Lang variant. Give me a Lang variant. Uh, uh, locked in Lang, uh, Bet Slip Lang, you know, uh, Lang the Conqueror, Mook Lang, uh, Cheek for Cheek Lang. Yeah, Cheek for Cheek Lang, for sure. What, what, what version of Lang we we, we dealing oh, with here? Lang, during rec runs, during a football game. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. In terms of entertainment, in terms of, of how good he is, because... Man, entertain it 11 out of 10. Yo, you shoot a 72% shot. Bro, why did Russell Wilson pass that? Like, no, you're not skipping past that. Like, yo. So, your turn, Dave. All right, all right. (laughs) Yo. Um. Player from the Pelicans all time. It's like six of them. Just, it, don't, it could be the horn, the old Hornets too. I guess. Okay. I just need a player. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Trey Murphy. Trey, ooh, okay. hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm thinking, I, think, I think I think I was originally right. I know that Star Wars character though. So I had to lock in for a minute. All right. Um. Let's see. Give me a Marvel villain. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Loki. Ooh, I don't know. I had to spice the last two up. I was giving it up a little bit too much at the the start. I don't know. I had to spice it up a little bit. I'm trying to think because, like, uh, I feel like the first two. If I start tearing up, you feel me? Like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of off. If I had to guess a number, I feel like the first two gave me a high number. You feel me? That's I'm I'm gonna go eight. I'm gonna go eight. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking six. Answer was nine. Wow. See, because Trey Murphy threw me off because yeah. I'm thinking I'm like, because I was like, I'm at nine, but I originally, then I was like, nah, Trey Murphy kind of put me down to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm, damn, I'm, man. Because when I said group with my guy, I'm like, okay, hold on, I'm giving it too much. Yeah, well, that's all said my guy. I'm like, nine, nine for a fact. He's not going to start with no ten. So yeah, like, you know, mean, I feel like the last two answers made me bump down heavy because I was like, okay, like the first two, I was like, I was like oh, that's a ten. And he's like, <laughs> Loki, I'm like, I'm like, ah, he a Black Widow fan. Cause he said Star Wars yeah. character, I almost said Anakin. I was like, like, <laughs> you would have really, really, really gave him yeah. that. Down, you know, drop down a little bit. So. Yeah, that's funny. All right, that was Wayland for you guys. Uh, like, comment, subscribe uh, to the live. You're in here right now. Uh, we're gonna move over to the NFL September recap. So far, um, it's been a rocky season. I feel like not too many good games. Um, Maybe one or two good games so far. We start off with a good ones with the Lions and the Chiefs. But I really can't name another game that had me like on the edge of my seat. Kind of like, oh my God, like they called that penalty when it's like, you know, something like detrimental to the game, I guess, that would uh, change the course of what's going on. You know, something that was actually really, really huge for the actually what's going on. But I don't think that we're in a good spot. Just right that now. Baltimore so, game. Like, mm-hmm. like that was the that was the second best game of the year. And yeah. That's because there was so many mistakes. Like, I mean, that's just frustrating for me. Like, mm-hmm. Baltimore got screwed. That I mean, that right? I mean, that Baltimore can got you screwed. make a more besides like mm-hmm. I don't even know like what other you could call. Yeah. Like basically, no. Not only you just it's just so bad. Like yeah. it's just bad. I thought for sure they were gonna call a pi on that play um, in overtime, and yeah, I don't. They just let that. They just let it ride. I was like, all right, man. I guess. I mean, I want to be a DB now. <laughs> you can get away with. If you can get away with. You can get away with that as a DB. Especially in that circumstance too. Like, yeah, like, I can see if there's like any other point. You want to not call that in in the middle of the field and it's first period and or first quarter and it's a nothing thing and it's second down. Yeah, yeah like then it's whatever. Yeah, but, but in to, overtime, to not call that yeah. and then to look at it and not call it, like to, they all huddle up and have their conversation. They're like, no, nah, it's good. Like, yeah, that's I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, so um. So far for the September recap, if I had to give you guys like, let's just say like, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna say MVP because I'm not gonna gas Damian up. Uh, I'm not gonna say defense <laughs> rookie of the year because I'm not gonna gas Damian up. Um, if I had to pick one surprise, and they're not even, there, it's not even like a good surprise. It's actually an awful surprise. I'm being hundred percent honest. I have lost almost all faith in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and because their offense is slow, it is boring. It is not good. I mean, you you have Calvin Ridley now. Travis Etienne is one of the most explosive players of his draft class. Dude doesn't look explosive at all. Calvin Ridley doesn't look like that player in training camp or in preseason at all. We got Evan Ingram, one of the fast tight ends, barely getting used in the spots he needs to be used in. You got the defense that they had, and they were so good the last six weeks of the season. Horrible, giving up 37 to the Texans. I mean, come on. I mean, you had a good game against the Chiefs, and you come back, had that kind of performance against the Texans. Something needs to to happen. I mean, Doug Peterson is a kind of coach that is fairly safe, slow pace. He needs that big running back, though. He needs that guy that's going to wear you out. So I feel like right now the biggest letdown, biggest surprise easily is the Jacksonville Jaguars. One and two, I mean, they look horrible. 
If you guys had to pick, though, um, a good surprise is actually on the good side of things. Like, if you had to pick a good surprise, Demond, what would you say? Mm, I would say, well, it's tough because quarterbacks can kind of fizzle off. I will say I think Anthony Richardson showed good promise. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud. This quarterback class, I believe it was three in the top Three to top five. four, I want to say. I think the Colts were fourth. Yeah, it was Bryce Young, so, Stroud, <clears throat> Blank, and yeah, then and Anderson. Then. And then we compared the 2021 draft class. <laughs> I think this draft class, even though it was like three in the top five, I don't think it was any after that. But they look promising considering their teams are on like the Texans, Colts, and Panthers. Like yeah. They're not going to win that many games. But mm-hmm. they've showed upside. They've showed promise way more than Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. <laughs> so I would, I'll probably say the quarterback play this year's draft class. And mm, another good one. I guess I don't know. I guess guys is being paid are are playing like the pass rushers, especially. You know, sometimes you see pass rushers get paid mm-hmm. and they kind of fizzle out. Yeah, but like Trey Hendrickson, he's been great. <laughs> like he's he's been he had really a dominant game against the Rams. Dude, he, he killed mm-hmm. it. <laughs> he was killing you know, them. What I've liked to see is um that notion that small wide receivers can't be good in the NFL anymore. Oh Remember God, when Devontae right? Smith came out and it was oh he's too skinny, he's too slender, he cannot play football. Mm-hmm. And now you see him, you see Tank Dell, you see Tutu Atwell, mm-hmm. you see all these guys that are five eight, five nine, and they're putting up a hundred yard receiving games. Mm-hmm. And they're showing that, you know, you don't have to be some 6'4", 215-pound muscle, you know, to play wide receiver. It's just not a thing. It's going to be Burks who yeah. actually can't catch the ball. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's cool. That, I would say, like, you know, in general, that's just cool to see for football that, you know, these, these smaller guys who, you know, before, back in the day, probably couldn't play wide receiver, but the game's changed so differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this underneath stuff, and, you know, these guys can get these crossers, and they could get these, you know, these jet sweeps and these wraparounds and all that. So it's been really cool to see that, too. Yeah, because I remember, um, I want to say Xavier Worthy from Texas. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. He's super smart. I keep saying he's too small to play in the NFL. We watched Devontae Smith. They say he's not Devontae Smith. All right, well, I know he's better than Tank Dell for sure. I know he's right. better, a better prospect than Tank Dell. He's, his, his stock is only going up now because yeah. they see these smaller guys that can actually play and burn people down the field. He had a huge catch against Alabama. So, I mean, if you look at it from the outside looking in, these smaller receivers, like you said, they're going up and up. And these bigger receivers like Traylon Burks, I remember vividly that this man was wearing like 5X gloves. You know, and they were saying like, dude can't catch without gloves. You just can't. How? Your hands are huge. They wrap yeah. around the ball like this. Like, how can't you catch? Why can't you catch right? Yeah, like you got these six foot, 225 outside the numbers kind of XY receivers and they catch two passes a game at most. And see, and that's the thing that's uh, that's crazy because there's so many big wide receivers in the league and like the ones that are great are great. Mm-hmm. You know, you got DK and Mike Williams before he got hurt mm-hmm. and Keenan Allen and then all the you know these bigger wide receivers and it's cool to have that but mm-hmm. there if you're not like one of those top names, you're not doing anything. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of big wide receivers out there that are not touching the ball. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I mean Miami has I don't think Miami has a wide receiver over 6 feet. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> so you know, what I'm, I'm pretty sure all of our wide receivers are five ten and under. You know, and you know, and we we work out just fine. I don't. You don't need a jump ball wide receiver in today's game. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying the, these small guys can go and get the jump balls if they have to. That's why I I think the Patriots. I think they need to resign to kill Harry. <laughs> just to get some size out there. Do you, need, you need run blockers. You can go, go get Nelson Aguilar back, mm-hmm. bro. Um, but to touch on um, something that happened in September, I mean, we like this is something that I've said for the last year and a half. Uh, the worst time to pay a running back was last year before it was this year. Because these running backs, if you think about it right now, some of the best running backs in the game are the running backs are actually producing Jerome Ford. You got um, Raheem Mostert. 
31 years old. Who would have thought? Like these, there's it's as random as it gets. Running backs most volatile position in the NFL, not even close. Mm-hmm. You can get three running backs in there, rotate them through 20 carries, and you have a successful game plan. The la- the only running back that played 100 percent of snaps this past week was Kyron Williams. Who would have thought before week one, going to fancy drafts, going into the season, the Rams, you know, they got Cam Akers. He ended the season good last year. Dude's not on the team no more. It's only week three, and Kyron Williams played 55 out of 55 snaps. Mm-hmm. Only running back through that week three, by far even. Like Christian McCaffrey didn't even play every down. Right. You got people like Derrick Henry who, who isn't even playing 50% of snaps. Of snaps. So I think now um, is the worst time to sign a running back, and it kills, kills, kills. Austin Eckler's argument kills Saquon Barkley's deal. Josh Jacobs' deal, who's playing very, very bad, kills his deal. Like all these guys who wanted a contract, you look hor- it looks horrible for you now. Because guys like Kyron Williams can play 100 snaps, and a guy like Jerome Ford can step into Nick Chubb's role and score two touchdowns, even though it wasn't efficient. Two touchdowns. Two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> You're scoring and scoring. We did that. He beat the Titans by himself. Any, any, <laughs> catch, any, any, any catches the ball. Exactly. So Nick Chubb doesn't catch the ball. Like these running back, the running back position, I feel very bad for them. The fullback position was like phased out for the right reasons. The running back position is phased out because nobody wants to pay nobody eleven, twelve, thirteen million dollars a year. When you can draft a guy, every, you can draft yeah. a guy every four years. Man, they can't even get five yards. For, they want to get five yards for carries, twenty touchdowns in a year, catch seventy passes out the backfield. Impossible. We'll just, we'll just split it up between three guys. And you look like the last ten Super Bowl winners. Who was the highest paid running back out of the last ten? Super out of the last ten, I want to say it was what's his name, uh, C.J. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, was, probably. Yeah. C.J. Anderson got paid. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, and I was, I think that was when he was on the Rams. They, or, we're not, we're not, or, they didn't win it. No, no, but no, no. no. They, it was it was, was it the Broncos? I think he. I he went know. to the Rams after. Yeah, he did go to the Rams. He was he started for the Rams that game. Yeah. Todd Gurley was just like on say, the sidelines. Todd Gurley had. He had his jersey. He, he, had, like, he was I a think fan. He had three, three, four. Every time he got the ball, it was like I think he had like a thirteen yard rush. My heart dropped. I'm like, whoa, it's three to three. He had like a thirteen yard rush. Ain't <laughs> played the rest of the game. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> My, that's my favorite player. Man. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my knee hurt. Good. Da- Damian oh, Williams, four yeah, like yeah, Damian Williams had yeah. one of the best uh, Super Bowl performances ever, and never played another uh, meaningful down of football. I'm pretty sure he was on Atlanta this offseason and he got cut. Yeah, most, played so. the most meaningful football ever and got and never played again. Um, but to backpack off of that, I mean, we've seen some injuries to the running back position so far. Um, the only, only team that's really reeling from a huge injury is the Jets, and we talked about it last night. Why are the Jets not trying to get a quarterback? They are one and two. They looked very good against the Bills. Their defense looked good. How can you expect a defense to be good if you cannot put points on the board? Like, you you, you can't keep cannot. them off the field. You literally cannot. They have, what, two touchdowns this year? Yeah, but you know what I think team? it is, is? Is it compounds, too? So Zach Wilson's already a bad quarterback. But it's even worse when you make a bad quarterback play safe as it yeah. is. I mean, he's not even throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't even no try point. to take chances. You know, like I could see if you, you know, like if you were leaving number two pick, there, by the way. That's number what I'm saying. Picks. Like <laughs> you're making him play safe as it is, and obviously that's you know I don't think he has a strength other than like his arm strength, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's already bad enough that he's a bad quarterback. But when you're going out there and you're playing the safest offense imaginable, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett was already a bad hire, and you hired him because you got Aaron Rodgers. And the offense has not changed since Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You're trying to make Zach Wilson do what Aaron Rodgers does, but he ain't even airing the ball out. So, you know, you're wasting Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall just played the most snaps of his thing, but the offensive line ain't even good enough to to block. Yeah. Brees Hall and Delvin Cook have combined for, like, outside of that first game, like 80 yards rushing between the two of them in the last three weeks, if that, maybe 100. And Zach Wilson, he doesn't even take his check downs. Like, no. You're not even giving like, your receivers a chance to 
to try to get something after the catch. Like him. You have Garrett Wilson. I mean, he's one of the best. He had one of the best rookie seasons that we've seen in the last few years. I mean, like, how can you possibly not give him a chance to do anything? And and that's just like the same with like, you know, obviously I know we're talking about the Jets, but it's the same thing with like the Bears, though, man. I mean, like the Bears went out and got a number one wide receiver and. Justin Fields can't. I mean, I guess DJ Moore has done good the last couple weeks, but they're garbage time. It's not like the stats ain't meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're losing still. I mean, it's regardless. I mean, Zach Wilson definitely uh, – I probably still would take Justin Fields right now over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's shown yeah, nothing yeah. at all, yeah, sure. you know, whatsoever. And I don't know how much longer they're going to hold out. You keep seeing the articles now where, you know, the Jets' defense is losing hope in the locker room and they're losing yeah, but faith. I would too, like – like, and it sucks because I like Saylor, and I think Saylor's a good coach, but I think he's going to lose his job. If, if, if he can't stop committing to Zach Wilson – He's going to lose his job. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he should. He's going to get scapegoated because yeah. you can't keep relying on this number two overall pick to be anything. you you got to go make a move. I get they gave up draft picks to get Aaron Rodgers. Do it again. Yeah, You have to go out there and get somebody. If Josh Dobbs can win games with the roster he has in Arizona, and Zach Wilson can't win games with the roster yeah, he has some, in New something, York, something has to get there's something going on. In year, what, four, I think? Year yeah, three, this, this is year three. This is the this is the option year for people. Um, but quick, would you rather for you guys? Uh, spontaneous. Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush or Zach Wilson? Who's going to start the rest of the, rest of the season? Uh, I Cooper Rush won a couple of games for Dallas, and they traded for Trey Lance, so it's not that they need three quarterbacks on yeah, the roster. Cooper. So that's one thing. I Detroit mean, Lions Rush. have Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater or Zach Wilson? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Number like, fifty. Like, come on now, like, like Gardner Minshew or Zach Wilson? Gardner Minshew. Like, come on. Like, this is I don't get it. I just I don't see why a team that has this kind of I mean, like Mike White, even Mike White or. Zach Wilson literally last year, and they chose so Mike my thing White. Is, <laughs> how much money is Zach Wilson getting paid? Like, is that a money thing? I think he's only getting paid like I think this is the year you only make like three million because your rookie you make like thirteen. I think your second year you make like seven, and then this year you make three, and that's why you play the best because you get paid the least. And then you get the option. And you get the option year that's only a million, but if you get your extension, it can factor into okay, how yeah, much. Okay, that's you're it. Because I mean, I was gonna say if it's like a money thing and they can't mm-hmm. move off of him, then maybe I get it. But yeah. I mean, Trey Lance got traded, and San Fran traded him with no issues. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I mean like it's something like Tyrod Taylor is even a candidate. Marcus Mariota, I mean as bad as he was for the for the um, there's just, there's upgrades over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson just showing nothing. Like I feel like at this point the Jazz have to just let Zach Wilson go out there and at least try to throw the ball down the field. If you're not gonna trade for somebody, stop playing that safe offense, man. Yeah. Where you're just handing the ball off and you're making him try to throw these five yard passes that he came and hit the mark on. You you're know trying to make him throw five yard outs and ends. It's like bro, you have to. have Good zip on the ball, good timing. Dude has does not have good timing. He has the worst touch in the NFL. No, say he, only he, only say sec, actually second to Justin Fields. He has like no. His, zip, his zip is literally throwing a bullet pass. Like, yeah, there, he there's just no has touch to on the ball. So, you know, it's like let's say like that's why like at least let these dudes like run down the field, run a post, mm-hmm. run a run a streak, do something because yeah, something cool. Like let this air out the ball because watching. I mean, I haven't watched many Jets games outside of the Jets Bills game, obviously, but yeah, it was a tough watch. But it, it was, was a horrible tough watch. watch. I mean, it was like it was like. Like we was watching like rookie year Josh Allen versus peak Zach Wilson, and like that's one of the worst games I could possibly think of. Yeah. So that just shows you right there that we're we're, we're the Jets are in a horrible spot, and like I said, their coach about to get fired. They have <coughs> Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. They have a rookie run, wide receiver who's definitely frustrated. One of the most explosive running backs in the league can't even get him a two yard carry because they're so bad. You just stacked twelve the carries for eighteen yards, and I get the Patriots have a good defense, but Mostert just ran for one hundred and twenty yards. Like that's what I'm saying. Like and Brees Hall have a threat, and, and, and Brees Hall gonna... came and, and Brees Hall can't get more than eighteen yards on that's twelve sad. carries. It's not. It's not on Brees Hall. That's on just all, their offense. Money into that offense, and like I know Aaron Rodgers. You know he's he's huge. He's a former MVP, um, and he was a big part of his team. You built the whole team around him. 
Zach Wilson, former number two overall quarterback, should be able to be plugged and played and win you at least at least six, seven games. Being a game. former a, second overall I just pick. looked it up. He's a cap hit of over nine million dollars. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so, so I had, he had his base salary for the year is nine nine hundred thousand. <coughs> he had a five point seven million bonus. Mm-hmm. Then there's a roster salary, whatever that is. But the cap it so it's I looked it up that like if if they were to cut him, it would cost them eleven million dollars. Yes, yeah, so they, it's not like they can so even. That's get rid why of we're committed to him because they don't want to take the hit. Yeah, we love you, bro. <laughs> Any chance you can wait at eleven million dollars for us? Like, but um, that is a September recap for the most part. N- not many good games, but the, uh, the the surprises and you know the Jets being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Nothing really is too too surprising just yet. But to get into this last week, NFL start a week, a uh, segment we've been doing for the last couple of weeks now. Um, Damien, we can start it off with you. I feel like it's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, but I'm not going to say a player. I mean, yeah, dude. Uh, go ahead, bro. We already know. Go ahead, bro. Go say the, the, the animal itself, the dolphin. Like, uh, the city of Miami. Y'all ain't take that many W's a week. I mean, yeah, y'all y'all ain't get David Lillard. So, I ain't shit, really. But. I don't care about the Miami Heat, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, you have to, though. Nah, my, uh, my start of the week is Mike McDaniel. Uh, One of the best coaches in the league, bro. This is honestly, it's unbelievable because this team two years ago under Brian Flores looks completely different now. The Obviously, I get the, league. you know, it's just to think that two years ago we weren't going to have to, we were going to trade him, we were going to get rid of him, and then it was – you know, tour Brian Flores. We go out there, we get Mike McDaniel. He comes in, he changes the complete culture of the, of the locker room. Um, it's just been cool as hell to see how he's completely changed the the way the Dolphins look and how they play. Um, uh, for you, um, how would you how would you uh, determine the NFL star week? Because it wasn't that many good performances, I would say, outside of Dolphins game. And we don't want to give him too much credit. Yeah, you can't do that. I had I had a good backup if I didn't want to see the Dolphins, but why wouldn't I? You know? I, I can't say Christian Gonzalez every week. <laughs> you can't. Browns fan. I was gonna say Miles Garrett. Yeah. Like I watched the game. He's literally moving back and forth, <laughs> causing teams to call timeout. We're two, like, yo, we like, yo, no, 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 timeout, 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 no, no, stand still. Like, that's what all the following. <laughs> two tight ends following him. He's on defense. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Browns defense look crazy. Like, Miles Garrett been one of the best pass rushers, but like. Now he has help. Like, he has help. So it shines more. I, I'll go with Miles Garrett. All right. I wrote five dots. All right. My fault if I took yours, though. You know. Five dots. Um, I don't know if you can see it or not. Five dots. Now, I'm going to connect them, and y'all tell me what this means to y'all. And... Uh-oh. Scared. Number four. four. Number yeah. four. Number four. Let's you go. you must have heard me. Uh. I don't got it. I shouldn't have to yell, yell and scream and get like that every single week because you you did you did your thing. I mean, from from the literally the first snap. I mean, the offense looked way better. It looked like it had a sense of urgency. It actually helped the defense actually be able to stop a team. I mean, we have one touchdown scorers all year, and it's a seventy yard touchdown, and George Pickens over the middle. I mean, <coughs> I'm not mad about that. Uh, I love what our our defense is doing, but. It can only be as good as Deshaun Watson is. If Deshaun Watson can go out there and compete and complete 70% of the passes, I mean, he's not throwing these insane passes now. He's not asked to do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He just literally asks you to keep the offense on the field, have these six, seven-minute drives where defense can recover and go out there and just do your best. I mean, like, we're not asking you to go win the game now. He didn't even go win the game. He just went, went out there, played well after a horrible game last week. I mean, horrible against the Steelers. 
do look like a whole different quarterback. The offense looked like a whole different offense. I mean, we couldn't run the ball, and I knew we were going to be able to run the ball, and I was like, we got to win through number four. He, he hit a couple deep passes, man. I was like, yo, this is not the Dude, same quarterback. Dude, it was it's not the same quarterback, and he got into his rhythm throughout the game. That's all I could ask for. That's all I could literally want. I saw a highlight, like, though, when he did, when he threw that backwards pass. I know he was trying to throw it to the running back. Behind him, <laughs> it does look horrible. When I, when I saw that, I was like, damn, I thought they, I thought y'all were losing because they didn't show the score. It just showed that. Like, they got to be losing. Like, that's a crazy play. And I turned it on. That's, that's y'all was right, killing we the need, We need, it's third to 18. We need a first down. <laughs> I could not believe that. But once I turned the game, I was like, oh, like, they're actually, they're killing the Titans. So, I mean. So, from that, uh, NFL started a week. You know, I, I did some sour grapes this week. Um, very proud of Deshaun Watson. Very proud of uh, the, the Browns being the best defense, I think, now. I think the. Patriots just might have edged us out. I could I'm be sure it's, yeah, pretty sure it's Not the Patriots. It's, no, oh, no, no, no. Who is it? You, uh, the Bills, and the, the Cowboys were ahead of us. Oh, and then I think the Bills jumped us now because they they said like a nine turnover performance. Had two, like had two very easy teams. <laughs> like I can't, I can't. Like we had these teams too, but like Commanders. I mean, like I had no faith in the Commanders going into that game. Everybody like they're two and zero. Like okay, I don't think I watched those games. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. Russell Wilson threw three touchdowns on them. So only could match what the Bills do now. But um, to get into the main focus, um, one of the biggest shows we were waiting for all year were Marvel fans deep, deep to the core. Watched Marvel everything. Fanboys. Marvel fanboys, as some would say. Um, but Loki <coughs> is coming out next week. Um, we got a live react video for you guys coming up. Next week is going to be the pilot episode for episode two. I mean, it's going to be I mean, season two. I'm sorry. It's going to be huge. It's going to be... Um, Everything that we want, we get to see Kane the Conqueror variant, which is Victor Timely. We get to see Loki, which is everybody's favorite, one of everybody's favorite shows. I mean, it's almost hands down at this point. Um, one one of the few shows that actually has implications to the entire universe. Like everything else is just uh, to the character, to their origin story. Loki already has his origin laid out here. He has his path laid out for him. He actually is allowed to be in the spotlight because he has all this laid out for him. Mm. So I guess not a fair assessment to make him be the best character, but his show had literally every single thing, you know, every single mark. It's one of the few shows that they actually did well. <laughs> Everything else is like probably like eight or seven out of ten. Mm. Um, but to get into it, uh, let's talk about some of our favorite moments from season one. So I got three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably say the first one is Loki watching this future play out. That's yeah, like that from episode one, you know. Like this Loki is from the past, so this mm-hmm. is from Avengers one Loki. Mm-hmm. So when he when they finally show him what happens to him, you know, all the stuff that he goes through from being on the the planet with Thor and Ragnarok, and I think it's Dark World. I think Dark World happens after the first Avengers, uh, all the way to his death. I mean, he literally watched Thanos kill him. Yeah, and you know, like this kind of like how it hits him, where he's like, damn, like he he knows how he's going to die. You know, what I'm saying, and now it's just all about changing. I would probably say that one's up there. My other two would be. Probably, I know we talked about it last night. The timekeepers, mm-hmm. Turn, find out the timekeepers were fake was obviously a big one because they played it up the whole season that the timekeepers were gonna be like this big reveal, and then you find out they're just robots. Yeah, that's a pretty big one because you know it's like how do you even, uh, who do you think could be next after that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's supposed to be the big twist. And then my third would probably be when you get classic Loki in like the, the spandex suit and he creates like the fake Asgard. Yeah, yeah. When he's when we're fighting against like that fog monster or whatever it is during like the op- in that world between worlds or whatever. That would probably be my top three moments for sure. There was a lot of memorable moments. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, was a lot of uh, visual visual, and I guess like dialogue moments that really had me like, oh, and this show is like really, really good. I could, watch, I could rewatch it anytime. It's the only Marvel show I feel like I actually rewatch. And it was actually like really funny too because I, 
remember. Mm-hmm. I remember being so hyped when Jonathan Majors got cast as Kang the Conqueror because I'd seen him in Lovecraft Country. I'd seen him in some of the other things. And, you know, like, they make you wait till the very last episode, obviously, mm-hmm. to see him. And that's another pretty big highlight, too, is he's only on screen for that one episode, but he really Killed steals it. the show while mm-hmm. he's on the screen as uh, He Who Remains. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, For you, Damon, uh some favorite moments. I will go with, I forgot his name, but the guy that... Um, Mobius? No. Um, Gray hair. It's like, he, he, like, introduced Loki to the, to the, to the, like, whole area. Oh, Mo- like, Mobius. Mobius. Mobius dude. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> so, when he right. died, quote unquote died, like, in the whole room, like, you know, it was a sad he got, scene like, or whatever. I think, right? Yeah. yeah, he got zapped. Like, we didn't know that he could still, like, survive that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you seen that, like, Loki be emotional. We're like, yo, Loki been dogging him basically this whole mm-hmm. show. And, like, to see him actually show emotion, like, because you got to think, Loki was defending his brother. Well, that's this is past Loki, so he didn't even do this. This is Loki right after the first Avengers movie, so he hasn't shown no emotion, none of that. This is really the first time we see this version of Loki show emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's probably my my favorite scene, and it kind of changes outlook on what was going on. Like you know, he's battling, trying to you know, he's still that Loki mischief. Damn, what word did I just say? <laughs> oh, yeah. mischief. He mischievous. You on your Chris, yo, Chris last night. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoa. What did Chris say last night? What, 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 he said, yo, he said, uh, it was a crazy word. We was like, hold on. What? <laughs> he, yo, he, he started saying, just stop. Like, no, nah, I heard that. Uh, I should have I just did that. But, you know, he's still low at any day. I, I kind of seen his, his mindset oh, shift man. after that. So, I'll say that's probably my favorite scene. Um, my favorite scene comes from episode two, I want to say, when they went to that grocery store and they had all the variants. Uh, it was Sylvie. They didn't reveal Sylvie yet. Mm-hmm. And they had her going through all those people and she was like taking over their body and whatnot. Mm-hmm. thought that was the coolest thing ever, the setting in, in the grocery store, the flickering lights, and the fact that Mobius is in the other room with uh, the other TVA members trying to get uh, order restored because it's, it's an apocalypse coming, basically. Like, this, yeah, it's, 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 it's like end of their world. It's like a giant like, uh-huh. hurricane or something Yeah, it's like the end of their world. Dude, when the ending happened and Sylvie pops up, she's about to go through the thing and she has her, um, I don't even know what they call that. Dagger? Her, her dagger, yeah. And she's like, oh, man. She turns around, takes off the hood. Oh, I was going crazy. Yeah. She walks through and, and, and Loki's looking back at Mobius. Mobius telling him to stop and he's like, he's looking and he goes through and then the Loki green theme is playing in it. Oh my God. I mean, like that was just like the like perfect, perfect, perfect moment for that show. And I, it just shows that like this, we got to remember this is the Loki, like you said, after Avengers movie, he doesn't know like what's like, he knows what is good and bad, but he still has to test the waters. And the fact that this woman is out, is like outshining him, still in his moment. This is the, this is the one that they want, not me. They don't care about me. They care about her. Uh, yeah. I gotta figure I out what's so I gotta on. figure out what's so good about her. So yeah. that was definitely one of my favorite moments. I, you know what? I forgot about a moment, and I'm gonna say scrap all the other ones because I'll tell you right now, the King, the Conqueror reveal at the very, very, very end of episode eight. Oh, when they when they show the you where he where he's going and he meets Mobius and he's like and he's talking to Mobius. And Mobius doesn't know who the hell he is. Uh-huh. He's like playing. And he's knowing that he looks up and you see the statue of King the Conqueror. I was geeked. When I that's saw one of the that only the finale they did good. That was the yeah, only finale. I, I, they I did see, like, scrap all the other favorite moments. I forgot about that until I just thought about it. That was like that. That's the kind of hype that I want when I when a Marvel project ends. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying I want to look forward to the future because Loki. You know, you get the whole build up with the branches, timelines, and they kill He Remains. You know, He Remains like tells you like, you know, I've been called this many things. You know, it's a whole big build up. 
And when you see that he goes to a whole nother alternate reality and Kang has already controlled this reality, yeah. that's just such a good build up to a villain. That's like how they kind of like how they did Thanos when they were doing Thanos in the original, you know, saga. Mm -hmm. Just small little bits and pieces. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. I don't need to see him, but you know, like you said, you know, the, oh, I'll hand, mm -hmm. I'll do it myself and the, the little snippets here and there. Guardians of the Galaxy was in it. Like, it's cool to build up to a villain like that. And that's the only time we get a build up to him, though. You get no, one No reveal. character in Marvel has the character development of Loki. Nobody. No, that's it's, definitely, it's so far. Gets there the no, it's like the Thor is like right there. Journeys, but. but nobody has the journey, and that's a credit mm -hmm. to two things: the recognizing that they have an amazing actor to play the character, because right. and that's why he's yeah. such a good like. Yeah, it's hard character. to. It's hard to get. You have really to like. Yeah, they killed him. We should have like, not made, made him a bad guy. Right? <laughs> like, we got to figure out. But then, like the amount of development, and then like you said, to take a character that that's a earlier version and we lose all the interesting development that we got in the other movies mm. now we have to do the development again in a completely different way like that scene on the train when they're like going to get to the city so they can get on the ship and yeah, get yeah, off, yeah. Mm -hmm. that scene on the train like just the quality of like going from like the stuff with Silly when they're sitting down then he's singing and he's yeah the that. singing part was very very Everything, entertaining and then his and then his physicality as a performer mm -hmm. in the fight scenes is just so good, good he's deal. just so likable they're so smart with this. Yeah. Um. Another favorite moment of mine. I don't remember what what episode it ended with, but I do remember. I think it was the moment where uh, he got pruned or whatever from from uh Sylvie. It was like the end. I think it was the end of the episode, like the second to last episode or whatever. And they played "If You Love Me" by Brenda Lee. I was. I thought it was. The, and I thought it was over. I was like, "Damn, they killed Loki." Season over. I'm hurting. I thought they was gonna fall in love. I think their dynamic, I mean, Loki has a good dynamic with all the characters, but him and Sylvie's dynamic was really, really good mm -hmm. for a short short show that I was not sure we were going to get a season two or not. I, I we didn't they, know until the end of the season. They got a lot of bad hate for some reason. I know it was like, oh, well, he's in love that. with his own self. Like, no, you know what I'm saying? Because that. it's a very... <laughs> that's the whole point. I thought Loki's all, he's he's, like, they say he's a narcissist. He mm -hmm. loves himself. So Literally. I thought it was such a cool thing like to see. And like I said, their, I, you said like, their chemistry is really, really Super well. Good. The scene where, like, say, where they think that they're, they're not going to be able to make it to the ship and they're sitting on the rock. And they're waiting for the world to end and all that. They're telling each other that about all powerful. that. Like, oh they say, like, God. it's, it's, like, it's a very it. moving scene. And, like, so, like, that whole thing, like I said, they think they're about to die. Like, it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing they can do to save themselves. And they're just going to spend the time together. And then, you know, like, I, I don't, they got a lot of hate. Because, like I said, it's, oh, he kissed himself. Yeah, he kissed himself. It's a variant. It's a girl. Like, it's not the I, same I thing. I kiss myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely kiss myself. Like, if, hey, I, if I was allowed to kiss I'm kissing myself. I love myself. I love me. We can go cheek for cheek. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so our, uh, one of the, one of the few things that is very key for the, um, second season is that he's moving through time a little bit easier, but it seems like it's painful now. So it's kind of like this, the Into the Spider-Verse kind of thing where he's like glitching. I don't even think he can control it. Yeah, he can't control it. Yeah, so like he's, he's moving through time through. uncontrollably. So if you guys had to give out, I guess, a theory about this new season, what would it be? You want me, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? I think you go first. All right. So I got two. Mm -hmm. I think either Victor Timely will be announced as the original Kang. Because he has, like, Victor Timely, the time travel. Mm -hmm. Will this be the original Kang? He goes back in time. He goes forward in time or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know there's the whole council, so you got, like, the Pharaoh one and all that. They never really talk about what timelines they're from. Mm -hmm. um, I would be surprised, because my, both mine are about Kang. I'd say either that or that we get multiple variants of Kang mm -hmm. in this season. I don't think Victor Timely is going to be the only one. You have to start building up to this villain. Yeah. You have to yeah. do it, and you have to do it, it quickly. Be uh, because he only has one uh, screen time so far, and it was an Ant-Man, and he got beat. 
So you have yeah. to do something to really put fear into people and make them like fear seeing King the Conqueror in future ones. So I think if it's not Victor Timely being announced as the original King and he's the reason for all this, it's definitely going to be that we're going to deal with multiple King variants throughout it because there's millions of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was going to be my theory. And I also think the finale is going to have a big, like a huge um, post credit scene, something like that, and it kind of builds up towards the first Avengers movie because, I mean, as of right now, like... There's uh, no Avengers, build up. Like yeah. there's not there's no there's build up. Nothing. Our Avengers, there's, there's our Avengers, nothing. our Avengers suck. We don't have no villain. Like, <laughs> don't get me started on the Avengers again. This 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 our this our Team USA this past year. You know, world champions of what team? You know, mm-hmm. like, y'all ain't y'all ain't nothing. Y'all ain't yeah. do nothing. And y'all not fighting nobody. Y'all fighting in your city. Y'all fighting. You know what I'm saying? fighting in your house. Something like that. Y'all not going nowhere. And, and, and I said, I'm like, yo, because King. Can you got breathe in space first of all? How many people can breathe in space that we got? Because <laughs> we already down like some of the key pieces that would be actually. Well, I think I think that um I think that the Marvels is going to play a lot bigger into the cosmic thing. Yeah, I we mean, need. We, we need already them. have three of people that those three can handle space. I do think we'll get another kind of hero from that. I want. Um, I want to say. Uh, I think there's definitely got to be somebody else important what's his coming name from Eternals when Harry Styles was playing him. I forgot his name. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Um, oh my goodness! I cannot. Uh, it's been a while. Let's switch up real quick. But what I was gonna say about Kang, though, like his performance in Ant Man, like we we hype, like yo, he's dominant, like he's gonna go crazy. He doesn't go crazy. He goes crazy up until the very end. Like the trailer shouldn't have been shown the way it did for Ant Man because I think that really killed everybody's hype for it. You can't be like, oh, we both have to lose, and then think that okay, we're gonna lose. Ant-Man until the Avengers movie. Yeah. And then he doesn't like, lose anyways. Yeah. It is cool because like the movie is kind of leaves you as an open ending. I didn't take it as Kang was beaten at the end of Me Ant-Man. Man. No. Because you, you when he leaves, Ant-Man is very clearly so stressed out about Kang. You see the purple and green stuff everywhere when he leaves. That's like, what I was about to say. The theory is better than the movie. And be, the reason I say that because... They, um, they think he ends up in a different timeline. Yeah, they, they, they think he's in a different timeline. And I, I 100% believe that because this, this the you could tell that the camera work was different in the beginning. He's walking this way from the street. Instead, he's walking this way, way away from the street. And all so the stuff he's seeing is like that. I think little details. It was the same thing. Fa- he's seen the same family three times. Mm-hmm. It was... A, it was uh, uh, I guess uh, I would say a baby in a stroller. I've seen a baby in a stroller three different times, mm-hmm. but they were all behind him. They don't walk past him, but they're always behind him. And then you got the kid with the backpack, mm-hmm. and then you got the, the people in the th- even the people in the store say mm-hmm. something different to him. Yeah, there's, there's he actually he actually calls him Ant Man. Yeah. He charges him. Yeah. So there's a lot of different stuff that happens, and so like there's a big theory too. This is like the big one that I keep seeing is that people think that Loki is going to be the one that warns the Avengers about Kang. Mm-hmm. Because as of right now, only Ant Man knows. But mm-hmm. if Ant Man's in another reality, maybe Loki's gonna be the one that like tells I don't know Doctor That's Strange or whoever that yeah. by the end of this season they'll be like, hey, listen, he's coming, and you guys got to do mm-hmm. something about it. Mm-hmm. And that'll be kind of like maybe that plays into what Demond said, where you know that's the big build up. Okay, hey, listen, you have another big bad coming. Is Doctor Strange over. in the right universe? Or that's another good one. Yeah, I mean, after right after the end of the movie, I mean, or is he even in our universe anymore? Remember, he's he's the, at the end of his movie, he jumped. He went with Doctor Strange. I feel like would not know anything that's going on. But uh, two things: one, Eros is his name. Eros Star Star, Star Fox. He's the brother of Thanos. That's why I thought it was so big because like he's the brother of Thanos. So I feel like he's gonna come in, but it's gonna be hard for him to trust him first. Like he's the brother of Thanos. Um, and second, my theory is that I think I'm branching off what you said. It's going to be multiple King variants, but I think we're going to get a King variant for every single episode. And the reason I say that because I think that um, Loki is not going to defeat a King variant until the end. But he's going to realize that his jumping through time is that he met all these different Kings. And he doesn't realize he's meeting all these different Kings probably until like episode two, episode three. So by the finale, he is going to be fighting King. He's going to end up in a different universe. And he's going to tell an Avenger that he, or, or try to find an Avenger that he knows is in New York because that's the only place he really recognizes because that's where he fought at he's gonna find 
either old, I feel like old Thor, or I think we're going to see old Thor, or we're going to see somebody like that's in New, uh, New York, and it's not going to be what he thinks he thinks it is. And he's going to be trapped there because he finally defeated a, a King variant. And he's now he's trapped there just like Ant-Man is trapped in his own, his own universe. Now he's completely separate, separated from his reality, whatnot. I think we're actually going to get King messing with time so much that he's separating the Avengers completely. All the, the not to say the side characters, but the main guys, Ant-Man, he's gone. He wasn't, he was in the end game. No, he's gone. Low key. He's one of the main pieces. Loki's gone. You gotta take away some of the big pieces that actually could hurt him and mess up his his way of messing with time. Because Ant Man can go into quantum uh, realm. No, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. Loki can jump through time. No, we can't have that. If you could control time or reality, we have to get rid of you. So he's gonna. I think that Kang, that Loki is gonna be able to warn somebody about Kang. I'm not sure who's gonna be, but I feel like he's gonna warn somebody about Kang, and they're not gonna know anything that's going on. Yeah, they're not gonna know not, anything. That that's when he's gonna realize he is stuck in that timeline. And now I think that we're gonna definitely get a season three of Loki, and the the whole build up is gonna be that Kang can put you in any timeline he wants you to put put you in. And he's gonna make you deal with whatever you gotta deal with over there, and you're not gonna be able to come back unless the, all the Avengers come together and get all their heroes back together. I like I said, I don't know who he's gonna meet because you can do old Thor, but I feel like that's too easy. Yeah. If you bring in a different character that maybe was per- positioned to be something, let's say like, let's say he meets Captain, he sees Captain America, but it's not Steve Rogers and it's not Sam Wilson, it's Bucky. You know, Bucky's uh, Captain America. Like you know, he's dude. talking like uh, looking for Captain America, and they say, "Oh, he's over. Or he's in this building. Or he's with um, the leader of Shield." And it's not, uh, it's not uh, Nick Fury. It's Maria Hill or something. And like I that. feel like Loki could get can get away with a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. too, just because you know, you, this is where you could see variants of different heroes, and mm-hmm. you know, if, if a show can get away with it, it's gonna be Loki, just because yeah. it's in all the different timeline stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I mean, there's even like stuff where you know, I almost kind of wonder if like Loki will play into. How you said, I mean, we know that this thing's coming where we're going to get all these big heroes. And it's not just the Avengers, it's the Fox heroes. You know, you have Deadpool 3, which is going to tie in directly to the Avengers movie. They already announced that, you know, that's how, like, the TVA is a part of that movie. Like, that's already been announced. And mm-hmm. the TVA, obviously, is a part of Loki. So, you know, will Loki Season 2 play into that where, you know, like, does he cause more destruction? Instead of Loki helping anything, does he just cause timelines to get screwed up even more than that? That's when the Fox characters do finally get brought in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do we get a reveal... Or something they said like we're that. getting like Wolverine variants. Well, yeah, well that's and, what I'm saying. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, and we're getting like different actors playing different Wolverine variants, and um, yeah, like Secret Wars and, is supposed and, to be like the uh, big one, you know, like in Deadpool three. Like, the, there's gonna be different actors playing different versions of Wolverine. Yeah, so Deadpool three is supposed to be like. I mean, they, that was like the big rumors forever with Deadpool three was that we're gonna see all these different heroes from the Fox movies and all that, and that was gonna be like the big buildup. So. I mean, if that's going to be another reason where Loki... I mean, I everybody thought Loki was going to cause more than what it did. I mean, yeah, it broke the timelines, but there was never really any big reveals from yeah. the Loki season one outside of Kang, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they could really do a lot with it. And I, it's just kind of... It's going to be interesting to see how long the season's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be another 60-episode season mm-hmm. or if they'll expand on it or not. Yeah. Um, Another thing um, I was looking at, Ravana Renslayer, I just, just... The name just popped in my head. I forgot all about her arc. The fact that the TVA are just variants and they're cool being variants, I think it's finally going to get a uh, Loki's finally gonna get that reaction out of them that they're not real and they're they're just put into place. They're pawns in a game. Only pe- person that he told us was Mo- Mobius. He doesn't, Mobius doesn't know him anymore. He can't put him in a different timeline. Whatever, um, everything is all messed up. So we got Sylvie's whole thing where she's trying to get back to Loki, but she's in a different spot. Loki's in a different spot. Ravana Renslayer went to go find out what her life was before trying to figure out everything that was going on, why the TVA exists and whatnot. 
and the whole time TVA just got reset. Right. So there's so many like battling pieces. I know Ravana Renslayer is connected to Kang as a love interest or whatnot. So I could see them possibly going that route, but for sure they have a lot of moving pieces. They got a lot of theories that can come out. And um for sure I think her story is gonna be huge because Sylvie does not like her at all, and right. she she was a target by it. So I'm pretty sure yeah, Sylvie targeted her. I mean, she and I mean in the comics she is like Kang's girlfriend. Yeah. So I mean, if she ends up finally joining up with Kang, or yeah, like that's that. gonna be mm-hmm. huge. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a, another side side plot that they we didn't I guess we didn't touch on because the fact that TVA is just a set thing. You know, they're not real people. They were taken out of their lives and put into this spot, and they don't really have a thinking. I guess conscious that like life outside this exists like Movius love for was it jet, jet skis randomly like you, well, how, why do you know that you like that I don't know I just do and then like oh you had a life before that so mm-hmm. I think that she's actually gonna tap into their life before that and the per- and obviously King I feel like is gonna stop her from being able to tap into that yeah you know, oh go ahead, go ahead oh I was gonna say I just I just don't want this show to like base everything on theories like i want them to close mm-hmm. some things up wrap some things up because we don't know we're gonna get a season three mm-hmm. and how the mcu is like they don't have the luxury of like oh okay well season three of loki they might have this this and that so we're gonna answer that next season like no you're gonna have to wrap some things up this season as well and the six episodes flew like i rewatched it flew by quick but you can't just base everything off of theories and theories and, mm-hmm. and move on to, you know, oh, we're going to get a low-key season three automatically. Like, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't so, know. Sure. Yeah. Really don't. I think um, a big thing that I think kind of played off what Jules did where, like, Kang controls time is instead of Kang doing that with all the different Avengers, I wonder if Loki, since he's in the TVA, can he affect the timelines himself? Can he yeah. rebuild the sacred timeline, you know, in mm-hmm. a way where instead of warning the heroes, can he place heroes in certain timelines with each other and be like, hey, listen, Kang is coming... You know, we need to put all these heroes together to help. Instead of just being like, oh, no, he's coming, figure it out yourselves. Yeah. Loki's in the TVA, and, I mean, obviously he, the whole thing's going to be about him figuring out the time travel and the reality jumping and all that. But can mm-hmm. he rebuild the sacred timeline? Because that's the big thing that the season one ended with. Was the sacred timeline's broken, it's branched out and all mm-hmm. that. I'm not sure he could fix it by himself, but can he influence it enough? to set up something for the future. You know? And and that Loki has, outside of Thor, well, and Thor was barely his ally. Like, he has no allies if he comes back to that's, that's Earth. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, no nobody's going to trust you. Like, if you yeah, come back, at all. everybody as far as you, you know, everybody either thinks you're dead or you have no allies. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's why I'm wondering if he's going to be able to do something where, like I said, it just influence it. Not so much tell anybody, but mm-hmm. just like influence certain events and be like, okay, we got to bring the Avengers together. We got to start a new Avengers team or something like that. Just so that way that there's... Because right now, I mean, the Avengers have no reason to form because there's yeah, no they, big they, threat. There's nothing. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they shouldn't form. They're not strong enough. Please, but. please. But, I mean, even with Thanos, like, Hawk had to come through Doctor Strange's whole lab for them to, like, finally wake mm-hmm. up. Like, right. Tony Stark having these, these theories and thoughts the whole time, like... Is okay, an alien invasion is coming. It took Hawk to get beat up for them to like really take it serious. So, yeah, I can sure. imagine if Loki has to convince people how hard he's gonna have to work. Um, to backpack off what you said, Damien, um, can Loki like potentially like you know fix things? Um, for what I think, I think not a, like I guess a little more clarity on like my theory is that I think Kang might even put Loki in a timeline where he runs the TVA. That he the original offer that was offered by He Who Remains, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put you in a time where you run a TVA and you got you got all the, you got the backup, you got everything, you got everything that you need to control time. All you have to do is not interfere with me. Okay, I see. So I can see him fighting them, and he thinks he won, but he's putting the timeline where he is the leader. 
no, he has and, no and he has no choice but to bring them all together and realize that that they are put there because of um, the doing of another person, not because that uh, he wanted to be in kind of like how like Mobius remembers his past life. Like, yeah, you know, like Loki stuck in that same cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't I don't remember when I when I got here. You know, yeah, like I've just been as long as I can remember, I've just been the leader. Of and the then, and then the whole time, everybody's like, well, like oh, like the like he's the big boss. Like when they see him, they're gonna look at him like, yo, like. Loki's here, like he's he is the head of the TVA, but I think the um I think the moment where Sylvie stabs uh, he remains, and the moment before that is just so powerful in that if Sylvie is not as like she might have the biggest storyline, but I don't think she's gonna be involved at all in anything that has to do with like the post credit scene, like you were saying, like if they had a post credit scene with, like a huge hero or something like that or huge huge reveal, I just don't think she's gonna be as interesting now because she kind of proved that she's clearly still on the dark side she's still clearly selfish so unless they do something where they can repair her character and Mm low-key forgives her which i don't think is in his body at the moment i don't think he's willing to do that just yet that's where i really like kind of like you said they gotta close some things up with her for sure that's the main thing they gotta close up is she really satisfied what she did does she have any regret is it her plan to get back to loki is her plan to just run you know control time because he that was the offer that they that he gave her and like if you kill me or like if you kill me or whatever like the deal was that if you if you do what i need you to do then you got a tva mm-hmm. so they have to definitely close up like I said, her Ravana Renslayer story and Sui's story, which I don't think they're gonna be huge. I think one of the season three. Obviously it's all it's still a Loki show, but you know, I do think that's one of the main things. I need to miss Minutes spinoffs. And Miss Minutes Miss Minutes is like the <clears throat> big character and she has a big moment in that trailer. I think she's like I almost kinda she's wonder like she's, fighting, I think. <laughs> I almost kinda wonder if she's gonna be the leader of the T V A in this new one because Ravana left. That'll be cool because they were trying to say that she is the all-knowing person. Like, she knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. And the fact that the way she's presented is, like, she's not technically a live feed. Yeah, she so. just pops up in the people's perspective. And it's not really like she's a person. Everybody doesn't recognize her there. She just pops up in, in you. Like, it's your perspective. So, I, no, think yeah. that's a, I think that's a cool thing that they have going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything else you guys got to add? No, I think we're good. Yeah. All right, uh, Demond, close the show for us. Let's oh, yeah. get I got you, man. Outro, got you. man. All right. So this week, I'm gonna go ahead. This is anybody out there who who's grinding, who's trying to make it in somewhere, rather be a sport, content creator, anything like that. Um, you know, it's days that I stream don't have the most viewers, mm-hmm. or you know, if you're chasing a sport, you might be a bench player or a role player, or you might not even make a team. Everybody's path is different. As cliche as it sounds, everybody's path is different. You need to chase and, and grind for your success and your path. You cannot look at anybody else's path or story and say, oh, okay, I want this. You need to go get how you need to get it. You know, there's so many different ways in, in life to, to chase your dream. You do not need to be successful in a week. You do not need to be successful in a month. You have to work at it every day. If one success, if you get one view that day, one, one subscriber, one follower that day, that's a success. Mm-hmm. Like, people take that for granted. That's a success. You make one person a day with content, that's a success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, just just keep pushing, keep grinding. If if you think you're better yesterday, you know, whether you're grinding basketball, volleyball, soccer, you know, if you're better today than you were yesterday, that's a success. So, you know, just don't rush success. Let it take its time. Let it take its course. 
And one day you're going to make it there. If you don't believe it, then who will? Like, why should exactly. I believe? Why should anybody believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Mm-hmm. So sure. that's my message. That's a, good one. that's a fact. Take take your time, you know, but don't don't let it pass you by, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people that I know that, you know, start stuff and, and end stuff. Like, we're human. We always do that. It's always mm-hmm. stuff that we want to do. We, we can't do. But for me personally, when I look at this as this, as this is, like, I look at, like, I got to have DeMond back. I got to have Damian back. I have Marantos back. I got to have everybody. Every guest that comes in here, I got to have them. I got to keep my word to them. Like, that's what's important to me. So if you yeah. got, whether you got 300 followers, 300,000 followers, you got <coughs> a, a, you're in a position where people are relying on you. People expect something out of you. And that's all that matters. Because yep. if you're going based off numbers and you're like, only got three viewers today. But you ain't had three viewers a month ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, all the numbers, don't do it for the numbers. Do it for the love. When you do it for the love, you don't got to work another day in your life. This is yeah. this is my free time. Yeah. I'm, and I'm around people. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. We're talking about stuff. But this is my free time. This is my hobby. This is something I love to do. I talk about my podcast to everybody that wants yep. to hear it. But if you're out here and you're half-assing it and you're halfway doing it, just quit now. Yeah. Don't if you're, if you're, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time if you're not if you're not gonna give 100 percent and appreciate the little things. Every little thing, every little reaction, every little like, every little share, everything matters. It's mm-hmm. every one small thing to you is a big thing to somebody else. Yep. And you gotta have a passion for it. You can't just you know if I sat here every time I stream to say yo check out my stream like you know I want people to genuinely mess with my content like mm-hmm. genuinely like what I'm doing. I want to genuinely have passion for what I want to do. I do not want to get up and say okay. I need to do. I need to hit ten thousand followers so I can start making money. Like, just start automatically thinking about money, business, stuff like that. Like, I want to genuinely have fun and 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 love the things that I do. Because if you don't, your, your life is gonna be miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, your life's gonna be. Miserable. That's a big thing when I tell people that we do the podcast, where it's like, well, why do you guys do it? Like, we just have fun doing yeah, it. Yeah, we, we basically <laughs> like, which I don't understand is like, this is basically a regular Xbox party, like, no, or, or a regular Discord it's just, call. It's just in person. It's an hour and a half Xbox person. party. Like that's like it's basically like it's so easy to get on here and do like. We don't come on here dragging every day like, oh, mm-hmm. we got to talk about this. Like, this is what we usually talk about mm-hmm. almost every day. So mm-hmm. it's not hard to do a podcast when you talk about the stuff. It's, it's, it's a hobby, man. It's just something that I would say we take time out of our week every week to mm-hmm. work on it and make sure it gets better every week. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun thing to do. Like I said, we just come in here and we just shoot the shit. And mm-hmm. that's just what it is. Yeah. yeah, the journey is everything. I, yeah, I would journey. never want to be routed to the journey. No. I, I, I love it. I love I love the grind. Literally, two months ago, we were recording off my phone on a tripod, two chairs, coffee table and nothing in the background. Now mm-hmm. we got the virtual local, all these Punko Pops, mm-hmm. big old big head Thanos, you know. We growing everything everything matters. I think the journey's better than than like like almost being at the top. Exactly. Like the journey <laughs> you learn so much about yourself, like mm-hmm. as a character and stuff like that. So for sure. I think I think the journey is, is definitely worth it. It's definitely gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. So thanks you guys for joining us. Take something from today. Uh, learn learn from it. Uh, one day at a time. Uh, we'll also see you guys next week for the Loki React uh, episode. It's going to be huge for us. I want you guys to join us. Uh, thank you guys so much once again, and we'll see you guys next week.